Hello, everyone. Welcome to a new podcast on IT experience. I'm Usman Sindhu with ServiceNow Product Marketing. In this podcast, we'll bring to you a wide variety of topics concerning IT organization, leadership, and technology. And for today, we're talking about modern and elastic architectures that deliver great business outcomes. Our guest today brings an amazing resume with him. Alexander Jungstrom joins us from Amsterdam. He's a strategic advisor at Enor and Partners. He's also a prolific contributor on LinkedIn. Alexander, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much, Osman. Great pleasure to be here, definitely. Thanks for coming on board. And, you know, did I get your last name right? Yes, indeed, you did. You did. Uh, as I said before, you could be living in Sweden with that connotation. <laughs> I did have to try it a few times. So, yeah. Right. <laughs> um, now, you... Uh, you were telling me earlier that uh, you kind of have enough of this lockdown already. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, so uh, even though I am originally from Sweden, I'm currently patching in here from Amsterdam where I live. And yeah, as I said before, um, as you know, here in Europe, especially this region, it has definitely been you know, under scrutiny. But since yesterday, they have actually started releasing upon you know these restrictions. So all of a sudden, you know, there is a, a light at the end of the tunnel, and that makes me quite happy. So, who knows? Maybe normality will return eventually. <laughs> yeah, hopefully so. Yeah, we we counting on it. And uh, but in the meantime, and even after that, uh, let's uh, hope for everyone's safety um, and security in in these times. So, uh, but yeah, looking forward to getting things back to normal. Right now. Um, you know, let's talk a little bit about your um, relationship with ServiceNow. Uh, you you've been uh, you've been you have worked with ServiceNow before, um, so let's talk a little bit about your relationship uh, with ServiceNow, and also tell us a little bit about this uh, new venture of yours that you have nowadays. Hmm. Yeah, sure, I'll be happy to. Well, um, yeah, obviously I am you know still tightly connected to ServiceNow, given that I used to work there. And I really like to view my time at ServiceNow as immensely helpful in terms of creating a theoretical broadness for me within the platform and, and what it can do. Um, just like you would have like, you know, a college education gives you a you know, big broadness, theoretical one. Similar definitely was my venture back then at, at ServiceNow, I'd say. So yeah, you know, I, I have a lot I owe to ServiceNow and especially, you know, um, a big shout out there to my old team members, in particular in, in customer support. Um, but yeah, that was uh, quite a while ago and a lot have happened since then. So currently I am indeed having this venture called NRM Partners. And uh, you know, really we're not aiming to grow to become the biggest or anything like that, uh, but rather I'd like to consider us a highly specialized firm. And we work with selected clients and projects. And we, in particular, then focus on very specific cases that, let's say, poses great challenges in AI ops and, and IT operations. So I guess, you know, ultimately, we like to push the limits, both conceptually and technically, of what ServiceNow really can do. And that's where we see ourselves operate. So. 
have, when I read your LinkedIn posts, they're pretty clear that how uh, strong um, and passionate you are about the um, you know, ServiceNow technology and helping customers navigate through, um, you know, through the projects so, and achieve their business outcomes above all. So um, great job there. So we, we'll talk more about that. Now, mm -hmm. one of the things is um, that we are seeing, obviously, uh, and you have written about this as well, is this modern architectures are on the rise. Companies are adopting agile and elastic ways to build, run, and operate services. What are you seeing among your client base, especially in Europe, how companies are adopting these new uh, ways to build, and uh, how is it working out for them as it uh, also, there's a relationship with the IT um, you know, IT management as well. So what do you, what do you see? Yeah, it's definitely an interesting landscape here in Europe because obviously it's quite a diverse market and you do find quite some regional differences. Um, now, me personally, I primarily work in three different regions in Europe. So Scandinavia, where I originally am from, and then Benelux, where I live, and then also the what is known as the Dach region or the Central Europe, being Germany, Switzerland, and Austria. But there is definitely differences between all of these regions. So if you look, let's say, in Central Europe, you have more kind of, let's say, the traditional companies in manufacturing um, and, you know, industries, that type of thing. And what you see there is that they're still coming out of the data centers, you know, and they're still aiming of, you know, should we go to the cloud or not? That type of question. But then if you make a comparison to Scandinavia and also actually to Benelux to a certain degree, they have reached a little bit further, I'd say, at least, you know, if you look at a bigger picture. And the question there is more, how can we take this, you know, really to the next level, embracing this DevOps and, and all that comes with it. Um, but one thing I'd like to note here, which is true all over Europe, is that there is still, let's say, a holy grail left, in my opinion, which is the public sector. And I think we will see a lot of progress and innovation there in the coming years moving forward. So That's interesting. And that's the one thing I like about the European market is so diverse and you mm. can find so many different um, you know, interesting use cases in so many small pockets. So um, that's right. amazing. Now, I guess wherever the uh, enterprise is, either in, in, in Europe, Asia, or in America, you know, the speed and efficiency is everything for, for them. But sometimes IT practices can slow down the DevOps processes. How are your customers seeing this and removing this friction between uh, build, plan, build, and operate kind of models. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think the, the first thing we need to ask here is what creates the friction to start with? And mm -hmm. in my experience, it often relates to transparency because as an enterprise, you still want to keep this compliance and you know, control, whatever it be about cloud costs or security. It doesn't really matter. Um, but you do want that compliance and control, even if you're moving to, to a more DevOps-based world. Um, so DevOps very much is still on the rise, but at the same time, you do need to respect the traditional IT that many enterprises still have today, you know. Um, and 
me personally, I think that the traditional IT will still linger on in many industries for many years. But finding, you know, the transparency between this new world and the old world, I think is the key to removing that friction. And obviously, like you mentioned here with, you know, the build, deploy and all of those steps, it's tightly related to the kind of philosophy of approve once, deploy many, which I am a big advocate of in ServiceNow. But to summarize it, the key is transparency for, for me there. And, you know, that also relates to the CMDB and all of these concepts. Yeah, coming to CMDB, you did have a very interesting post. Uh, and for the folks who do not know, but CMDB stands for Configuration Management Database. You talked about the role of CMDB in uh, managing and tracking microservices and other elastic services. Um, can you elaborate on that? That was a very interesting post from you. Yeah, yeah. Um, it has actually given birth to a lot of, of interesting discussions. And I do think that relates to what I just mentioned about this transparency and visibility. Because only a few years ago, you know, DevOps and CICD, etc., it used to be fairly isolated. And what I mean with that is when I went out to customers, they had these like squads they created or some highly specialized teams that were doing some conceptual you know, testing with DevOps and so forth. But that isn't really the case any longer. What you see now is that companies more and more truly embrace this new world of DevOps, containerized environments, and highly dynamic, but it comes with a set of challenges, especially if you want to tie that to a bigger picture of you know, how, how, how does it actually impact different services, your, your business, you know, how do you draw this, this complete map of your company? And it doesn't really matter if it is DevOps or traditional IT, etc. And I guess that is pretty much what, what my article was about and how can you actually bridge the CMDB into a DevOps world? And that, for me, is a very, very important topic, which I think will become more and more relevant. And obviously, we've seen that with you know, the latest release here in ServiceNow. So. Yeah. Now, one of the things um, on this topic is we get asked a lot is why is it important, right? Because mm-hmm. um, you know, the speed is everything for DevOps, and anything that slows them down uh, is doesn't, you know, it's not going to fly well for them. So uh, will a combination of uh, adding CMDB, um, excuse me, adding data to CMDB, uh, will that uh, affect the speed and efficiency of, of a dev uh, person who's trying to push the code out? Uh, and even if you bring the data into CMDB, why is that helpful uh, for the overall centralized IT? Uh, practices. I mean, that's a valid question that gets asked a lot. Do you have any opinion on that? Yeah, ultimately, I do think that, you know, even though things are highly dynamic and being spinned up to to left and right, it should still adhere to the same level of, you know, compliance. And you still want to have a fundamental understanding of what happens if this stops working which end users are affected, which business are affected, what are the consequences. And 
I think it's dangerous to to cut off that part from the CMDB, and that's why I see it so so dynamic as well to kind of track these DevOps processes. I love the way you said it's dangerous. Uh, that is really a good great statement. <laughs> I agree with you. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Do you have any uh, customer examples today that are uh, trying out these um, you know modern architectures and uh, improving their DevOps process, but also trying to track it back with a centralized IT process. Is there any quick examples you can provide to the listeners? Yeah, sure. I mean, what I tend to see here is that there are, let's say, two camps in this fight. One camp is, you know, still considering, well, isn't the CMDB a little bit outdated, you know, that type of thing. But then there is this other camp, which you know, I consider myself belonging to, which is that the CMDB is highly dynamic and the nature of it is expected to change. And if you do bridge that in to the DevOps world or this new modern world, whatever it be, infrastructure as code, containers, microservices, etc., then I think you're on to a great start. And obviously the CMDB in service now is very powerful for this, especially in combination with things such as the CSDM or the common service data model and these type of new um, features and functionalities such as tag-based service mapping, which I've been researching a lot lately. So I think ultimately connecting the CMDB to the CICD pipelines and tool chains, getting this visibility is so crucial because we see that more and more companies are okay with expecting failures, but then you really need to, to react appropriately. And for that, you do need a good CMDB. So. Yeah, that's, that's relevant because we today talking about the expansion of CMDB definitions. You're getting out of that existence mode of the infrastructure data, but to evolve it to mm. a new level where you can understand uh, deployment processes uh, you know, application delivery pipeline, obviously, and anything that affects the performance of it from a user application or infrastructure perspective, um, you can have understanding and visibility of you know, CMDB. So, yeah, no, that's, that's spot on. Then can I ask you one more thing around this is about uh, what kind of companies you have, like, typical, uh, you talked about this a little bit in the past, but mm. um, is there a type of companies they are so progressive uh, in their IT uh, management processes and they're working so well with the DevOps uh, teams as well. Like, is there certain types of companies that are more forward-looking versus the ones which are lagging behind? But what are some of the examples of the companies that are really forward-looking and they are really doing a great job in creating a great application delivery mechanism tied to the IT processes? Yeah, yeah, it's an interesting question. The, the pattern I have seen is that any company who deals a lot on a transactional basis, um, and what I mean with that is if you are a company which, you know, from, from one day to another might expect a big difference, may it be in traffic um, or customers and so forth, for example, retailers, um, maybe insurance, banking, for all of those people, this, this type of scalability and, you know, the CMDB, et cetera, 
becomes more and more important compared to companies who perhaps expect a more static um, output, in lack of better words. So that's the pattern I have been able to draw on. And I think that's true regardless of which industry you're in. The more flexible and dynamic you, you are in expecting volumes and so forth, the more likely you are to be interested in, in prioritizing these type of questions. Alexander, we are getting towards the end of our podcast. And why don't you leave our listeners with some uh, few pieces of guidance um, around making IT process efficient uh, in helping aiding and tracking the DevOps process? Yeah, sure. So uh, I think whatever we like it or not, right now, there is no better candidate than the CMDB to serve this vital core piece in such a situation where you are a big enterprise um, that are dabbling in, in both the modern world, but still have to respect your legacy. So for that reason, I recommend a lot of customers what I, that I talk to, to, to really prioritize this and rethink the CMDB and, and what it actually can do for you a little bit that it's no longer only the, the traditional things that we would expect in a CMDB, but we live in a world right now where platforms such as ServiceNow is able to have a much, much more dynamic model. So, you know, the, the, the end note here for me is that realizing that CMDB doesn't have to be outdated, but it can and should be taken into the DevOps world, is my firm opinion. So the final words from Alexander is CMDB doesn't have to be outdated. It can be included in the whole DevOps movement. Great. Um, Alexander, thanks for being my guest today. Hopefully, we'll get you back here again. So uh, be safe. Thanks, everyone, for listening. And uh, if you have interesting ideas, topics, or speakers for this podcast, reach out to me on LinkedIn or usmandarsindu at servicenow.com. Bye for now. Thank you so much. Thank you, Usman, and thank you, listeners.